We've been talking about this Sunday for over a year. That's how important it's been to us. We've been praying into this Sunday, and I'm so excited uh, that not only do we have um, almost all of our local mission partners out in the atrium, I hope you were able to walk by and see the booths and meet some of them, but we also get to hear from three of our mission partners uh, here in the service today. And you may wonder, why do we do this? Well, Revelation 12:11 says that we overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb in the word of our testimony. And one of the things the early church would do is they would gather together in, and in acts of worship, they would share testimonies, just like we do on many occasions. Many times we do them on video and in other ways, but they would come together and they would share testimonies about what God was doing in their lives and also in the lives of where they were doing ministry. And this served uh, to do two things. Number one, it encouraged the people it encouraged the people to, the, to know that God is still on the move. God is still building his kingdom, and he's still using people like you and people like me. The second thing that it did was that it served as a way to give God glory. That's very important. We as the church of Jesus Christ, we're called to give glory to God. Amen? And whenever we give glory to God, it, what we mean by that is there are these moments when God is on display. That's what the word glory means. When God manifests his presence in some way, and we acknowledge that as God's presence working in our life. And one of the chief ways we do that is through sharing testimony and people sharing about what it is that God is doing in their life and how God is using them, again, to build his kingdom. And so I am so thankful today that we get to share in that. I also want to say thank you to a few people. I want to say thank you to Elizabeth Droulette and Jenny Cho, who lead our missions department. I see Elizabeth back here standing up in the back. I'm not sure where Jenny is. She may be in the room or may not. Would you give them a big hand for everything that they do week in and week out? Yeah. I also want to say thank you to Michael Gross and our mission board. We have an amazing mission board, and they do a wonderful job of helping us uh, navigate all the challenges that comes with missions and things like that, but they do a fantastic job with that. You know, we have more mission partners than we do full-time staff. Because we believe in mission. We believe living on mission, not just us, ourselves, but also we partner with people. This is part of our strategic plan. We partner with people who are doing amazing things all around the world. So I'm so thankful for Michael and the mission board. I'm also thankful for all those who volunteer. Many of you volunteer each week or every month with many of our local mission partners and, and just do that in beautiful ways. But I'm also thankful for us as a church that we believe in the power of missions. We believe that God has sent us to live out the great commission and you do that in beautiful and powerful ways and so thank you so much for that this morning uh, I want to invite Bethany Garth Kimberly Baker and Jeff Hand to the stage I'll tell you a little more about them but would you please uh, make them feel welcome as they come up Instead of having them stand up here with me the whole time we thought we would sit and since Jesus sat and taught I thought it was a good idea so um, guys, thank y'all so much for being here. We actually got to do this in the first service, and so we've had a run through, but um, if we mess it up, you guys can critique me later. It'll be fine. But Bethany Garth is here with us, and she is the executive director of First Choice Women's Medical Center, and they provide services to those who are facing pregnancy decisions in our city. 
And then we have Kimberly Baker, who is the Director of Development and Marketing with Valiant Cross Academy, amazing school in our city. And what Valiant Cross does is they provide a loving and stable environment uh, and educational opportunity for young men in our city. I'm so thankful for them. And then also Jeff Hand, who is the founder, along with his wife and Director of Operations of Fisher's Farm, an amazing ministry that does residential uh, discipleship. They have a residential discipleship center. Uh, that serves those struggling with addiction and also uh, sometimes homelessness. And so uh, just an amazing ministry. Guys, thank you all so much for being here. Um, the first question I want to start with is, uh, you know, part of what we want to do with our local missions conference is we want to raise awareness about who our partners are. That's why we have the booths out there. That's why you all are sitting up here. Uh, and so would you tell us a little bit about your ministry, uh, what you do and how that works, and then also tell us something that's unique about what y'all do. Bethany. Good morning. And I just want to say thank you so much for having us. And it's so encouraging to see churches engage in local missions and to get out in the atrium and see all the ways God is working in this city. So I'm so thankful to be here. Um, I, I am Bethany Garth. I'm with First Choice Women's Medical Center. And many of you might know us by our old, old name, which is Save a Life Montgomery. Um, and we were opened in 1982 as Save a Life. We changed our name in 2018, um, officially changed it. But uh, we are a pregnancy resource center. We offer free and confidential services of pregnancy testing, ultrasound confirmation. We do parenting education. We offer baby supplies and material support. We have a post-abortion ministry. And the idea behind our pregnancy center ministry and like so many others like us in the country is that we want to provide compassion, hope, and help to women and men who are facing unplanned pregnancies. And we believe that if we can meet them in their point of need and at their place of decision with the compassion and love of Jesus, that um, with the right education and support that they will be much, much more likely to change their mind and to choose life for their baby. And um, thank you. And so just um, with that ministry model, in 2020 alone, we had 153. We do a lot more than just that, but we had 153 women who came to our center who said they were either planning to have an abortion or were undecided or were in a situation very vulnerable to abortion who changed their minds and chose life for their baby. So it's 153 babies that were saved just last year. So we're, we're really... <clears throat> We really believe that this is the, the church's best response to abortion is to meet those practical, physical, and spiritual and emotional needs. And you asked about, you know, what is it that makes us unique? Um, at First Choice, we're always talking about um, not just being pro-life but being pro-abundant life. So in John 10.10, 10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. And we know that the greatest need of any woman or man who walks in the front door of our center is not to choose life for their baby, although that is a noble goal, but the greatest need that they have is to know Jesus. The greatest need they have is to become a disciple of Jesus Christ and to have a life-transforming relationship with him. And so our, 
kind of what makes this unique is that all of our services are framed through this lens of moving away from transactional ministry and moving to this transformational model, which goes into a lot of our support services, the parenting classes, the mentoring that we provide. We have a fatherhood program. We have a man on staff who meets with the dads, who invests in our dads, because we know that to be pro-abundant life, we are pro-gospel and we are pro-family. So that's kind of something that makes us unique. Good. That's good. They do an amazing job. Uh, Kimberly, will you tell us a little bit about Valiant Cross? Sure. Um, thank you so much for having us. Um, we're glad to be here. Um, I wanted to maybe start with a little grave statistic. Um, there was an article in Montgomery um, that was published right before I started with Valiant Cross that said that only 3% of African-American males in Montgomery County are prepared for college. So if you look at the hundreds that are in this room, that would be a handful that would be ready. And so Anthony and Fred Brock, who are the founders of Valiant Cross, in 2015 decided that they wanted to try to change some of those grave statistics and open up a unique school in Montgomery, Alabama that would address the academic challenges but also address the emotional, spiritual needs, the cultural needs of African-American males in Montgomery, Alabama. So we're the first school in Montgomery to be all male. We start in the sixth grade and we go up to 12th grade and I'm happy to say that we have our first graduating class this May. We're on two campuses. We have a middle school on Dexter Avenue and then our high school is a partnership with Troy University Montgomery. So our young men wake up every day and go to a college campus in high school. So that kind of helps them start seeing that reality that can be theirs. And one of the things that Anthony Brock always says, and I love it when he says that it kind of puts it all in perspective, is that it is not an achievement gap that these young men are faced with, it's an opportunity gap. So if any of you are educators or have had children that have gone through school you know that opportunity is key with any student, regardless of the color of their skin, the zip code that they're raised, the poverty that they may or may not be in. And it really is up to us to make sure that every child, regardless of any obstacle that they may have in their path, it's up to us to help them get those opportunities so they can be their own success story. And what they choose to do with that success is up to them. I mean, but it is up to us as a nation to make sure that every child has a good education. It's the key and the foundation for everything in life. Other than their spiritual guidance, education is key. And what Anthony and Fred want to do with these young men is not just provide them with savvy educational background, they give them Every, every, well, every avenue to pursue their dreams. We provide them with field trips. We take them outside of the school. We want them to have hands-on learning. And a lot of our students, when they come to downtown Montgomery, it's the first time that they've ever seen downtown Montgomery. And a lot of them are from West Montgomery. 80% of our spots are reserved for them. And when they first come there, we wanna make sure that they can see and believe that they can be a great success. And I think that that is the foundation. Everything is God 
driven in our school. They have, um, every morning we have a morning village, so they have the opportunity to kind of shake off the cobwebs from home when they come in and give it all up to the Lord. And we do that every day. Our staff is committed, as well as all of our students. So I think that's probably the most important thing that sets us aside from other schools. Yeah. Wonderful, y'all doing a wonderful job. Absolutely amazing, yeah. Yeah. So good morning, Frazier. Uh, thank you guys for having us. And um, just, I didn't share this at eight o'clock, but I wanted to thank you. In 2008, I came to know the Lord in this church and uh, just some of the men planted seeds in me that, uh, you know, they're still uh, growing into fruition today. Um, as I continue to pour into guys that are from our community and from our nation. So just thank you guys for uh, you know, your investment in the kingdom uh, with us at Fisher's Farm and then in me personally. Um, so, uh, like Chris said, I'm Jeff Hand. I uh, run a residential discipleship center, as we call it, for guys that struggle uh, with drugs and alcohol mainly. And um, it's a one year program. Uh, these guys commit to uh, taking a year out of their life and uh, just. Uh, really getting intense discipleship. So we use uh, what's called biblical counseling, and all that really is is uh, we take these guys to the Bible and show them what it looks like to follow Christ. And uh, we use the principles from the Bible to uh, show them how to be free from drugs and alcohol. And not only that, but just to uh, have freedom in Christ and uh, to walk with the Lord. And we teach them what it looks like to uh, be be godly men. So uh, it, it's an amazing ministry. Um, there's a lot of weight, though. Uh, we get calls from guys and guys coming to our program, and we know that literally uh, life and death spiritually is hanging in the balance, but uh, we get guys that come in and leave, and two weeks later, uh, they OD and die. So there's a lot of weight there, uh, so we could definitely use your prayers and, um, you know, your uh, we just, we just thank you for uh, letting us be a part of this. Absolutely. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Bethany, we'll start with you, but tell us something that's really exciting that's going on right now. What are y'all seeing God do? And that may not just be one thing, maybe a few things, and that's okay. <laughs> he knows it's more than one because we did this at the 8 o'clock service. Um, so uh, we have a lot of exciting things going on at First Choice. Um, I'm just so grateful to be a part of, of what God is doing through our ministry. But the first and most exciting thing that I would share is that uh, this summer we opened up a second location. So for those of you who have been familiar with Save a Life First Choice, you might know that we are um, just, just over the way here on Mendel Parkway. And... Um, you might also know that you never accidentally drive down Mendel Parkway. You have to be looking for something on Mendel Parkway. It's usually us or Faith Radio. So um, we had kind of identified about five years ago that one of our biggest challenges was our location. We have a great facility. It has wonderful uh, space for us. We have our baby store there. We have plenty of counseling space, medical rooms. It's a great facility, but we just recognized, you know, no one is ever walking by. No one is ever stumbling upon us. You know, we do internet ads, but people would get lost looking for us. And so we just said, you know, our location is not strategic. 
and we didn't want to throw the baby out with the bathwater and just up and move, so we decided we would open a second location and kind of test the waters. Um, and so we have just opened in June our second location, a satellite campus um, just behind Baptist South. Uh, and we believe that that location is much more advantageous for us. It helps us um, by being in a medical community. There is drive-by traffic. There is foot traffic. We're, we're on Normandy Drive just behind South. Um, and most importantly, perhaps, we are now more strategically located to be accessible to communities that are more vulnerable to abortion. Abortion... Uh, the abortion industry really preys on uh, lower income communities and um, on lower income women. And so we wanted to be in a place where we could reach them more easily and more effectively. So we opened that location um, and we're so excited to have that going and just see how God is going to use that in huge ways to um, to increase our impact here in Montgomery. So that's one huge exciting thing. Um, and just another exciting kind of initiative that we're working on is, is we've just always known and kind of referring back to my talking in our first question, um, just that we have kind of a short-term relationship with our clients. They come in for a pregnancy test. Maybe they even track with us for two to three years with our parenting programs to get our baby supplies and build that relationship. But ultimately, if she's going to become a disciple, if he's going to be, become a disciple of Jesus Christ, they need to do that in the context of a local church. And so we're looking at how we can improve our handoff, if you will, into local church bodies um, so that our clients can grow and thrive as families in the family of God, in the body of Christ, the local church. So that's one exciting initiative. We just had a meeting with local pastors. We have a specific... Uh, initiative that we're rolling out in local churches to make those connections. And we're just excited to see, again, going back to what I said before, to see ways that we can help our clients um, have lives that are transformed by the gospel. That's great. Not only was uh, I at the lunch for uh, how y'all were looking at discipleship, I've also seen their new facility. It is wonderful and beautiful, and I encourage y'all to go by and check that out. It is uh, just a blessing, and they're doing so much good with that. Uh, Kimberly, tell us uh, what's going on that's exciting that God's doing at Valiant Cross. Well, we have a lot actually. Um, as I briefly mentioned um, in my introduction, um, we have our first graduating class. And so I think um, a lot of people may have looked at this school when it first opened its doors in 2015 that um, the goal is going to be let's get these young men from sixth grade to graduate, and I'm happy to say that we will, we have, meet, we have met that goal. We know that these young men are going to make it across the stage. Thank you. And I'm so happy to say that we um, have almost half of them have already received acceptance to college, which is another big goal that, you know, we have tried so hard to get them there. Um, and we also um, have, I guess, the We've reached that goal, but in reality, the work with these young men is really just beginning because we wanted to get them to college or trade school, the military, whatever it is that their dreams, you know, are leading them to, but the work is really just beginning. And I, I found this out, you know, Thursday, you know, we had a, um, a lunch for our senior class and one of the young men I was chatting with, I'd asked him if he 
I was one of his uh, references, so I asked him if he had got into Faulkner University. It's one of the colleges he had applied to. And he said, yes, ma'am, I did. And I was so excited for him. And I was hugging him and telling him what a great job and how proud I was of him. And I said, your mom must be thrilled and your family must be thrilled. And he just was real passive about it. And I said, you know, are you nervous? And he said, well, I am. And I said, well, it's going to be okay. And he said, well, I'm kind of worried about leaving my mom. And I never really thought about the realities that these young men are having to face. Like when my daughter went off to college, really she couldn't wait to get out of the door, um, which was sad for her mom. But, you know, I was glad that she was prepared mentally and spiritually and just ready to go. And I just feel like some of these young men are, are scared to leave, you know, that environment that they're so comfortable in with their parents or their mom or their grandmother and their family. And he's actually a supporter, um, you know, in a lot of ways emotionally. And also um, he works. And so he provides income for the family. And so he's nervous. And that's something that, you know, even me being at this school for almost six years, never really put in perspective. There's a lot even bigger of a picture out there and challenges and obstacles that these kids are going through than even I realized. And so um, while I, you know, like I said, while I know um, we've reached a lot of great goals and a lot of great things are about to happen to this school, one of which I can't even talk about right now, but it involves the Methodist Church. And so um, we'll be, you know, when we're ready to announce that, we'll announce that. But um, you know, these young men need a, need a whole lot more. The story of this book, this chapter may be finished, but, but there's many more chapters to come. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff, tell us what God's up to with you guys. So just a couple. We, uh, you know, we always uh, have guys that, you know, on the, on the daily just about we're watching guys just be transformed by the gospel. And, um, you know, it's just an amazing thing to watch a guy just either come in off the streets or come in. Uh, just straight out of jail and uh, God just work in their lives in such a way that, you know, they, they just, they're different people when they graduate our program. Uh, they, they, they talk different, they um, think different, and they look different. Um, the gospel just transforms them holistically, and it's just amazing to watch. We've had two of our uh, graduates uh, graduate from our program and then go on to work in a couple different local churches in the city one as a youth director and the other as a church plant intern so that's just been amazing to watch God work in these guys lives and just uh, so another another exciting thing is we are we bought the property right next door uh, from us and our plan is to just expand the program we get calls all the time from guys that need help, and uh, many times we have to turn them down, and like I said, it's just, it's a heavy weight sometimes turning guys down when you know uh, that they could die, like, they could, they could die physically, and they could die spiritually, and we know that's not good, so uh, this proper property will allow us to expand and be able to take more guys and help more guys, so we have a one-year uh, program that's pretty intensive, but then we have what's called phase two, and phase two is guys that uh, come out of our program that just don't have really good situations to go back to. Uh, they, they're able to stay and uh, receive 
accountability and um, just continued help and continued discipleship. So that house will allow us to continue to do that uh, on a little bit better scale. I told the uh, the guys in um, the 8 o'clock that we have an office out back in an apartment we renovated, and we had to put a bed in the office because we're just, you know, we're running out of space, and we can't let some of these phase two guys go because, you know, we're pretty much letting them loose into the lion's den, and it's just going to be hard for them to walk with Christ uh, just where they would go back to. So, yeah, that's two things. Yeah. There's not a, a church, a ministry, uh, anywhere that has not been affected by the pandemic in some way. And everybody I talk to has at least had one. Most of them have had multiple points where it, it is just, it is the worst. It is so bad, or they're having to change again. They're having to pivot again. Uh, and so I want to put two questions together. Uh, one is, how has the pandemic affected what you do? And then coupled with that, uh, I want to go ahead and jump to how can we be praying for y'all? And so let's put those two together. So how has the pandemic affected you and how can we be praying? Bethany? Yes, we've all been affected by COVID. And um, I didn't say this at the 8 o'clock service, but y'all, it's a different experience to sit across from a woman who's considering an abortion, who's in a very broken situation, and her tears are going into her mask, okay? Like this is, it's a challenge to make the same connections that we used to make, and we've all dealt with that in our own various ways. So, you know, as a medical clinic, we have had a lot of procedures and, and policies that have had to be intact um, that were very fluid at the very beginning, as everyone's were. <laughs> um, but we do, uh, we were able to stay open through the whole lockdown, which we were very grateful for. The abortion clinic had to close, but we were able to stay open. And so we're thankful for that, um, that we were able to provide our essential services all through the lockdown. Um, and since then, you know, we've had to pivot several things. The biggest thing has been our parenting education. Um, used to, all, all of it was in person. We would have weekly meetings for our dads, which were a group session, um, and then one-on-ones, video-based classes with our moms. And so we're still offering those. The, the video-based mom classes had gone to a virtual platform for a full year, um, and then the dads' classes have been off and on kind of with the waves of COVID um, in person or on Zoom. And so that's been a challenge. It's allowed us to reach more people because virtual is more accessible, but the depth of our relationships with our clients has really suffered a little bit. Um, we're now in the process. All the parenting classes are mostly back on site except for the dad sessions. So we're kind of integrating it back in, and it's kind of a challenge to also rebuild that after a year of virtual as I would say most churches even have experienced that same kind of struggle to, to assess when people feel safe and when it's okay to come back. And so um, that's been kind of what it's looked like for us um, to kind of answer the second part. How can you be praying for us? Um, we as a ministry at the beginning of every year kind of look at where we are, what's going on with us, and what lies ahead in the year ahead. And we talk about three things that we're going to pray for in agreement. Um, we believe what Jesus said, that when his followers agree in prayer, that there's power in that, and that um, 
that whatever we bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever we loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. We know that's true and that there's power when we as believers agree. So we are inviting you not just to pray for us, but to agree with us and to join in that power. Um, and our three prayer focus, foci, I guess is focuses, focuses um, for this year are um, first that the expansions we have, like with our expansion of services and with our expansion to our new location, that those expansions would in turn be an expansion in God's kingdom in Montgomery. Uh, the second thing is that God would raise up volunteers, um, women and men who will be a part of what he's doing through First Choice, that God would raise up those people. And third, uh, we're praying that the gospel of Jesus Christ would be so central and so foundational to everything that we do that it is the very, the most important thing that we can offer. And we just are asking that God, that God would um, help us to more integrate that into our ministry, that we would keep it so foundational to everything that we do. Absolutely. That's amazing. Kimberly? Yeah. So, yes, um, COVID and school. Wow. So I'm sure that all of you have been touched by COVID and school, whether it's your own children or your grandchildren or your neighbors, kids, everyone. Um, it's been a challenge. Um, I, I called it this morning, it's like a chess game because we would literally, we, we were forced to close um, during the pandemic. and then you realize when you've got students that do not have access to technology, they do not have access to the internet, um, they're lacking in those sorts of resources, so how do you even provide Zoom school when your, half your, your students cannot even log on? So we had those challenges which we were able to overcome with some time, we were able to open back up um, and then once we opened back up, you know, we had some students that had to quarantine one week and we're back the next week. And then a teacher may have been exposed and had to then, and we had to find someone to teach the class. So you could imagine the variables that we were dealing with with children. Um, I'm happy to say that we were able to survive and, and get through that time. And we actually um, had a vaccine clinic at our school with Baptist to get the rest of our students and our staff vaccinated. So we're now hopefully able to breathe a little bit. The one funny story I told at the eight o'clock, and I'll say it again is, um, when we had students that did not log on, when we got them their technology and their internet and they did not log on to school, we had a caravan that left the school and it was a pickup truck with a bunch of African-American males on the back and they rode through West Montgomery and they jumped off and found the kids where they lived and knocked on their doors and woke them up to get them in, <laughs> get them logged on. It takes. It takes a huge village to operate a school like Valiant Cross, but that is one of the, the differences that you'll see with our staff is they will go to the extreme to make sure that these young men pay attention, follow direction, and do what they're told. Um, and then I think what we mostly need prayer for is this graduating class 
in making sure that not only do they get to college, but they get through college, or they get to that job and they are able to keep that job and able to be a success story. We also need so many tutors and mentors for these young men. We can't do it alone. We're, we're a small staff, we are a small school, but we're trying to build bridges that are way bigger than even we can imagine. And we've been so successful with these young men that we know that if we could just have more bodies, more help, more prayer, that we would be able to do so much more in this community. So we, anyone that is a teacher, an educator that is looking for a way to help, or if you're just someone that really wants to help change a life in just a small way, we have a whole list of opportunities to volunteer at our school, and we would welcome that in any form or fashion. So that would be the most thing. Absolutely. I've been able to go to your campus a couple of times. It's just a wonderful school, and you guys let people come in, too, to see. Yes. Yes. Every morning we have what's called our morning village, and that is just, it's about 30 minutes of prayer and watching our young men do their mottos, and they say out loud, you know, how important integrity is and honor is and, and how it is, you know, so important to be, you know, backing each other up. And they always say that they each have their backs. And so the more they say that out loud and the louder they say that, the more that they are going to believe it. And then they're going to in turn be wonderful, productive citizens one day. Well, thank you all for everything you do. Jeff? So COVID's probably affected us the least. Uh, the, main, the main thing that I can think of is just getting food. Uh, we use the food bank and, you know, things kind of changed with COVID. So uh, they weren't uh, allowing you to shop in the same way that they used to. And, you know, that can be challenging when you're trying to feed 20 people, you know, three meals a day. Uh, the other thing is, you know, for probably a year, we uh, were COVID free. And then finally, probably four or five months ago, it ran through the house. So it was, you know, a challenge trying to navigate quarantine spaces, and uh, but thank God it's over. Um, so what to pray for? Um, so just these guys as they come into the program, uh, you know, and, and we're trying to teach them biblical principles. One verse that, I, that always comes to mind is uh, the prophet Jeremiah telling God's people in Jeremiah 2.13. He says, my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living water, and they have dug for themselves cisterns that do not hold water. And, you know, I believe fundamentally that's our problem as humans. We, uh, we run after other things assuming that they're going to give us life. They're going to give us uh, happiness and peace. And the reality is uh, it's not going to happen. And so these guys, you know, most of them run after drugs and alcohol thinking that somehow they're they going to be satisfied. And, you know, we learn from God's word that the only way that we're going to be satisfied is through, through him, through a relationship with him, through worshiping him. So, you know, getting that to take root in some of these guys, sometimes it's difficult. Sometimes it just, it takes months and months and months of just really intense discipleship. They've been conformed to the world. Uh, when I think of Romans 12, 1 and 2, you know, it says, do not be conformed to the world. So do not be pressed into its mold. And these guys have been pressed into its mold, and they need 
to be transformed. And, and we know as, as believers that only the gospel can do that. So just prayer for these guys. You know, they are, they are people's sons and uh, husbands and uh, fathers. And uh, it's just a beautiful thing when God really gets a hold of them. And uh, I get to watch you know, a guy that wasn't a father. He wasn't around. He disappeared, and his life was spent running after drugs and alcohol to now he's a father, and he's, he's the spiritual leader in his home. It's, a, it's an amazing thing to see. So just prayer for these guys. Absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much for all you do week in and week out. Um, uh, and one of the things we do is we pray for other churches, we pray for our partners and other ministries in the city, and we're going to be praying for you guys. And I want to remind everybody that um, there, please go out to the atrium and see the booths that are out there. And, and a part of that, too, is there are certain uh, partners that we have that uh, have sign-up sheets where you can actually sign up to volunteer, those who can receive that, uh, on our serve day, November 6th. And so there's an opportunity that's there as well. And so... As we close, again, thank you guys so much for being here, being willing to do this in this format. Uh, and can we pray for them as we close out? Let's pray. Father, we come to you in this moment, and I am so encouraged by what we have heard today. God, I just pray your blessings, your blessings on Bethany and Kimberly and Jeff. Thank you for them laying down their life to serve you in this way. And God, I, I just uh, not only thank you for what you have done, but what you will do in the future. And I look forward to hearing more and more stories of how you have moved through them. And so, Lord, when they're discouraged, would you encourage them? Uh, when it seems like the resources aren't there, would you provide? And Lord, I pray that they would rest each night knowing that they are walking in your will and according to your ways to the glory of your name. And so I pray your blessings on them, and I pray your blessings on us. Lord would, you, Lord, would you continue to prick our hearts and call us to partner in ministry with others? Would you use our hands and feet for your honor and your glory? Father, thank you. Thank you for loving us. We love you, and we declare that today. In Jesus' good and powerful name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Would you give our partners a big hand one more time?